Hey everybody, Merry Christmas. It's good to be with you on this Christmas morning or afternoon or whenever it is you're joining us for worship today. My wife and I lived in England a long time ago, uh, back when our oldest was born. And over there they say Happy Christmas versus Merry Christmas. And I think I like that. So we'll just start with a Happy Christmas. Today I'm going to read from John chapter 1. And my heart has been reflecting on the work of Jesus because many of us who are gathering today in our homes or with friends and family on a walk, wherever it is you are, we've been so exposed to this story of Jesus's birth, the message of Christmas morning, that we sometimes stop and we don't think about the particularity of it all, what it all means. And so we're going to read from John 1, uh, which is probably one of the more power-packed passages in all of the Bible. I've, I've heard scholars say that the first chapter of John uh, constitute the most inspired human words that have ever fallen from a human pen. And that's saying something because the Bible is full of wisdom and insight, um, literature and poetry around the world. There's so much going on with beautiful creativity. And so when we look at John 1, we're seeing something unique even among the greatest things ever written. So I'm going to read verses 10 through 18. And then we're going to pray, and then I just want to share a few things with you as we walk into uh, this Christmas season. You know that song, The 12 Days of Christmas, it's more than just a funny song. Um, this is a season. We're going to spend the next 12 days really thinking about what it means for God to move close to us in the person of Jesus. So let me read, then we'll pray, and then just a few things before you go on your day. He was in the world, and the world came into being through him, yet the world did not know him. He came to what was his own, and his own people did not accept him, but to all who received him, who believed in his name, he gave power to become children of God, who were born not of blood, nor of the will of the flesh, or of the will of man, but of God. And the word became flesh, and lived among us, and we have seen his glory, the glory as of a father's only son, full of grace and truth. John testified to him and cried out, This was he of whom I said, He who comes after me ranks ahead of me because he was before me. From his fullness we have all received grace upon grace. The law indeed was given through Moses, grace and truth through Jesus Christ. No one has ever seen God. It is God, the only Son, who is close to the Father's heart, who has made him known. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Let's pray and then let's think together about Jesus. Father, we thank you for this Christmas morning. God, we thank you for the, the gift of the last 25 days or so, this season of Advent where we have been waiting, making our hearts ready, Lord, but now we're here, we're at the feast of Christmas. And so Lord, I pray that you would help us to approach a familiar story, the story of Jesus in Bethlehem, born in a manger, help us to see that story today in a way that will impact how we see and live our own lives. God, help us, we pray. In Jesus' name, amen, amen. So I didn't grow up in a, a liturgical tradition. Uh, for me as a kid, Advent was um, just about chocolate in uh, a little calendar that would be on the wall at my grandmother's house. And what I've come to appreciate over the years as our Anglican journey has unfolded is that Advent is this beautiful opportunity to learn how to do something that our culture just doesn't do very well. That is wait. We're not great at waiting. We want what we want and we want it yesterday. Uh, and Advent teaches us something that is really, really countercultural. 
Advent's meant to make us ready for today, meant to make us ready for Christmas Day, and maybe even to make us ready in general to make room for Jesus. And as I've been thinking about these very famous words from John's Gospel, a few things have been standing out or simmering in my own heart, and I just want to share those things with you. This this setting is not a normal setting for us at church. It's a little bit different, and we chose it to be different today because we really wanted you to be thinking about some stuff in your own home, to be thinking about things in an intimate way because that's actually what Christmas is all about. It's about God moving into our homes, into moving moving into our intimate space. So here's the first thing. God, um, not a not an idea, not vague and disembodied power, but God has moved close to humanity in the person of Jesus. What happened 2,000 years ago, the, the thing we're celebrating today as we open gifts and we gather with friends and family, that beautiful reality of God in the person of Jesus being born in human flesh is what Christmas is all about. And yet, rather than just thinking about that as you would think about um, those images on on the front of a greeting card, I think it's really important for us to um, consider and to even marvel at the scandal and the wonder of that, that this God who is powerful and pristine and holy and good and totally other than us chose to become a baby. A baby just like you when you were a baby, a baby just like every baby that's ever lived. And yet Jesus, when he was born, carried that vulnerability while being God. See, one of the images and ideas that govern the thinking of the early church was that Jesus was fully God and fully human. And I think it's really important for you and me to wrap our hearts and our heads around that because what it means is when God comes close to us, He does so through identification. Jesus can identify with the human condition, the frailty of the human condition. And y'all, just as we read last night when we gathered at Trinity, uh, three times we gathered and we also shared a family meal, just as we read in in Luke 2 about Jesus and Mary and Joseph uh, moving toward Bethlehem and having no place for them in the end, um, our God entered into the human story And even as he entered in, he was crowded out. People didn't make room for him. And so if you've ever experienced spaces and places in your own life where you weren't sure there was room for you, I just want to say Jesus went there first. He entered in in the most vulnerable way. And one of the things that John does such a beautiful job of is he reminds us that God's deepest desire in the person of Jesus is to enter into our space And I have no idea what you're experiencing today. I know that for many of us, Christmas is bittersweet. It's it's hard. There are probably some of you that are listening to my voice and watching these words today who are on your own, uh, feeling lonely, feeling disconnected. I know friends who are enduring their first Christmas with a loved one who's absent, who has passed on. Whatever our feelings are today, whether they be happy or heavy, What we need to believe and what Christmas is here to teach us is that God in the person of Jesus moves toward us and enters into our space. So whatever your space is, God's moving toward it. And that's actually fundamental to our own understanding of faith. I think that if we try to be brave and we try to be fruitful and we try to be courageous without recognizing that God is moving close to us, then our bravery and our courage will just take on a kind of false or a hollow, a a fragile kind of tinny tone. 
So the first thing we see here is that God moved close to humanity. He, he moved in, as Eugene Peterson says in John chapter 1 of his translation of the message, he moved into the neighborhood. But the second thing we see is that the world didn't welcome him. They actually didn't even want to see him. And y'all, this is the, the scandal of Christmas, the, the thing that we are invited on a day like today, even as we're feeling maybe uh, warm and nostalgic feelings, we're invited to recognize that when Jesus came, the world was looking for somebody else. They were looking for uh, a savior who was going to do something other than be born in a manger to parents who were far from home and trying to figure out how to make ends meet. The world was looking for a, a hero. Maybe they were looking for a politician or a warrior. They were looking for somebody other than Jesus. And so people just ignored him. They missed it. I, I've marveled. And when I think about it every morning on Christmas, I think about the fact that even in a small hamlet like Beth, Bethlehem, when Jesus is born, like probably most of the people in that little hamlet, that little town of a couple of hundred people didn't even know anything had happened. Because you don't go looking in barns for kings. It's just not where you look for someone of significance. Actually, Bethlehem itself wouldn't have been a place where people of significance would have been spending a great deal of time. And yet, that's where Jesus comes. And the world was busy doing other things. They were busy looking elsewhere. But one of the things that John says that I just love is he says, but to those who did receive him, which implies that not everybody saw it, but some people did, that to those people... God gave power. And if you are one of those people that, even if you do it imperfectly, if you are one of those people like me who are here on this December 25th trying to receive Jesus, you know, I think for me, the project of the last year through all the ups and downs of life has just been, I want to try to receive Jesus. I just want to be present to Jesus wherever he is and whatever he's doing, even if I don't feel so great myself. If you're one of those people like me, I just want to say that the gift that Jesus wants to give us is power. And it's not just any power. It's not power to make things happen in our own timeline or to do things uh, that would benefit us or to make the world a better place. The power that we see in this is power to become daughters and sons. And so much in our world, y'all, is designed to push us toward being consumers or to being territorial and defending our turf. And yet Jesus comes when the word of God, the life of God moves into our space. When we see it, the gift that he gives us is a gift that says, now you can be a daughter. You can be a son. And my deepest prayer for you on this Christmas day is that you would know that you're daughters and sons. Because daughters and sons, we have access to that which belongs to our Father. We, we have access to His life and His name and His power and His family. And maybe that's what some of us need today on this Christmas morning. We maybe need to know that we're a part of a family that's bigger than the one that we were born into. Because Lord knows the families we're born into, we're bound to disappoint ourselves and one another. We're bound to let each other down sometimes. The church the bigger family of the body of Christ, we let one another down. And yet the family of God, the thing that God stands as head of, it's a powerful family. And God has given you and me the gift of access to remember our daughtership, our sonship today. And so I pray today that as you're doing whatever it is you do for the rest of this day, that you would remember that you're a daughter, a son, that you belong to his family. The way John ends this text, I think, is really important. 
When he's speaking of Jesus and what Jesus came to do, not only did Jesus come to make us into sons and daughters, but Jesus came to remind us of a few things. And I just want to highlight a few words before we pray the Lord's Prayer together and I turn you loose into your Christmas day. First is this phrase, from his fullness, we have all received grace upon grace. And I woke up today when I was thinking about making this video and thinking about Christmas, and I was thinking about the fullness of Jesus. Y'all, Jesus is not empty. He's not trying to fake it till he makes it. He is full. He is full of love. He is full of power. He is full of life. He is full of joy. And from that fullness, that utter satisfaction of Jesus, we have access to grace. So I want to leave you with three words, glory, grace, and truth. Glory illuminates dark places. Uh, glory lets us know where we are. It shines a light around us. When we're disoriented, glory finds us. Glory lets us know that we're not alone even when we feel alone. Grace empowers us. Grace moves us forward. Grace makes us brave. Grace reminds us that we are in a family with energy and life in it. And truth shows us the pathway. I hope for me and for you today that we would find Jesus not in sentimental ways, not in surfacey ways, but we would find Jesus to be full of all the things we need and that he would lead us into places where we sense his glory, his grace, and his truth. Happy Christmas to you. God bless you. From our family to yours, we hope that this day of the feast of Jesus' birth is good and full of his grace and his kindness. Let's pray the Lord's Prayer together and then I'll send you into your day with a simple blessing. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. God bless you. Go in peace. We'll see you next time.